1: You know when our kids come through these doors and we have a chance to speak faith for them you know when you tell them you are called to be a mighty man or daughter of god you're called to make a difference in your world parents need to verbalize what they can envision their children becoming in christ and that needs to be full of hope and not condemnation casting a vision for their future
2: That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today on the broadcast, Pastor Mike will continue to talk to us about Covenant Children. That's Covenant Children, and we hope that you enjoy it. Before we get started, we want you to know that we believe here at Reaching Your Heart that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us at any time, day or night. That telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko.
1: And I recently heard one speaking about God and saying God would never act to destroy evil. You ever hear that? Because God is a God of love. Well, I'll tell you right now, if somebody comes into my family, into my house, after my kids... You know, my son has Charlemagne's sword in his room. If he came over to our house, I had to open the car door with it. Stuck it through the window to hit the latch. I locked myself out of the car. He goes right through the window and boom, I can get the auto lock. If someone comes through my door after my kids, Charlemagne's sword is in my hand. Well, what should we do as men? What? We should be protectors of our family and children, right? Now, what does that require? It requires strength and decisiveness as a man of God. And so, if we believe that God doesn't have strength and decisiveness, he can't act to intervene and defend our family, what kind of fathers do we become? So, our view of God is huge here. You don't have the right view, you don't have the right role in your family. A God who cannot act decisively in the mind of a worshiper produces a father who cannot act decisively. And thus, the father will fail to be strong when he must rise to stand in the gap for his children as only a father can do. I'm speaking to the men of the church here today, and I've said that before. Our view of God has a lot to do with our notion of fatherhood and manhood in the church. The God you worship, friend, is the kind of father you will become for your children. I'd like to share with you this morning five features of God's fatherhood with you that should better establish our roles as Christian fathers for our covenant children. Fatherly feature number one. God, as our Heavenly Father, is committed to His children. You say, well, that's obvious, Pastor Mike. No, it's not so obvious. Do you realize that if you don't feel love for your family, if you don't feel love for your spouse, but you are committed to your spouse, and you are committed to your children, guess what you are? You're a loving father. Feelings can come and go. Your commitment to your family defines who you are, your character, as a loving parent. Stability in the Father here is critical. Look at Ephesians 1, 3 to 5. Here's God's attitude toward us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, how? How does it say? In Christ with every spiritual blessing where? In the heavenly places. God took the blessings of God and put us in Christ, right up there in the presence of God, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Verse 5. Now, I don't know about you. You know, if someone comes to me as a father and starts whacking at my boys, saying how bad they are or whatever. Now, my boys are imperfect. You ever have imperfect children here? Raise your hands if you have some imperfect children. You got some imperfect children? I have two imperfect boys, but for me, they're pretty close to sound. You with me? Oh, sure, technically they're imperfect, but they're tack on as far as I'm concerned. I call them, I pray for them, I look at the rough edges, but I know their attitudes are right. They're trying to grow, become godly men, they are in the process, they are godly men now. And so when someone comes to me and says, well, I think there's a serious problem that you have with your boys. And says, what is it? Well, they like to climb rocks a lot. You know, they ride those motorcycles a little faster than they should. You know what I think of that? I don't think much. Because I am proud of my boys. I am proud of them. And you see, God, because He has adopted us in Christ is proud of us in Christ. The affirmation of justification by faith of God's good verdict for us in Christ is that of a father. He destined us in love to be His sons or children through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. Notice the key words here. Blessing chose purpose destined. A father, by his view of his children, can destine, give them purpose, can choose an outcome. And children will script it based upon the father's blessings. Fatherly feature number two. As our heavenly father, God has no spoiled favorites. Now, what do you mean by that? Who is God's ultimate son? You know the answer. Jesus Christ. Does God put Jesus on a pedestal above all the other children of the universe? Yes or no? Well, some said yes. Now, he's made him Lord. So in that sense, authority. If you give something for something, it means you love that something either more or just as much, right? So if God gave Christ for us, it means God treated us with equal value as the Son of God. Are you with me? That's what I'm getting at here. So God has, as our Heavenly Father, in terms of how He views every one of us, we are just as valuable to Him as His Son, Jesus Christ. Look at John 3.16. I don't get tired of this verse. For God so loved the world, that means me and you, that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In verse 17, I like this part. For God did not send the Son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. God gave us Jesus not to hang us out to dry, not to condemn us for our sins, but to make us part of the family. Fatherly feature number three. God, as our Heavenly Father, is tender and compassionate for all of His children. I have two boys. One is John Michael and the other is Donald. How many of you guys know my children here? Most of you do. It's hard to get them home because they're always going on some adventure. <laughs> I'm going to go for spring break down there and I'm going to do some fly fishing with them and they're going to try to get me climbing rocks and stuff and I don't know, but I'll do my best. But one thing I've learned about these boys is they're different. One is better academically than the other. The other is better as an athlete than the other. One is better with intuition. The other is better with concrete skills. Now, one is more like me than the other. Wouldn't it be easy to turn to the one that's more like dad and treat him as a favorite? Yes or no? But I want to tell you in my heart how I view it. I treasure both of these boys because they are uniquely who they are. And I am grateful to have them as my children for that reason. And I don't want them to be something other than what God wants them to be. And so my role is not to make them more of me. My role is to help them become whom God has mapped them out to be in the plan and providence that he has set forth in Christ. And that is a father's journey to the day I die. And I have to rescript myself as I move through time. You know, when it was early on, I used to speak to the boys and I'd say, John Michael, you need to obey. Now, there was a time and that worked. got to be 12 or 13. That famous question would arise. Dad, why? You ever hear that? It was the dominant question for about three years. And then it was not a question, but a statement. No, you know, value integration time. But when they got in their 20s and they became adult men in school, I noticed they started calling me for advice. They started asking me, Dad, what do you think about this? And sometimes they'd write it off, sometimes they wouldn't. But now we collaborate about their future. And while they don't always agree with Dad, you know what makes me feel good? Is that I'm in their life helping to script the future. Now, my wife is in their life this way as well. But there's something about a father, especially with boys, and I think girls need it too in a different kind of way. I can't speak to that as directly as the boys because of my own experience. So fatherly feature number three. Our father God is tender compassion for all his children. This truth was stated plainly by John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, before he was born. Because John the Baptist was a covenant child. Look at Luke 1, verses 76. He says, and you child, this is John the Baptist, will be called the prophet of the Most High, For you will go before the Lord to repair his ways. Now, he wasn't even a toddler yet. And the Holy Spirit was telling him, You will be a mighty man of God. You know, when our kids come through these doors and we have a chance to speak faith for them, you know, when you tell them, You are called to be a mighty man or daughter of God, you're called to make a difference in your world. Parents need to verbalize what they can envision their children becoming in Christ, and that needs to be full of hope and not condemnation, casting a vision for their future. So, to give knowledge of salvation, he says, to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, an unselfish life of service. Verse 28, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us. Verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. I mean, this father mapped out a vision under the Holy Spirit for his child before it happened. That's the godlike power of a father. Romans 2 4. God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Now, I have a statement here from the Spirit of Prophecy and Steps to Christ. I don't know if I can read the whole thing. But let me read a portion of it. It talks about how God has bound our hearts to Him with tokens of love. And that Christ came to reveal that love. Satan pictured the Creator as a being who is watching with jealous eye to discern the errors and mistakes of men that he might visit judgments upon them. In other words, he tried to get people to think of God as an authority figure kind of father, a disciplinarian. It was to remove this dark shadow by revealing to the world the infinite love of God that Jesus came to live among men. The Son of God came from heaven to make manifest the Father. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So if you look into the eyes of Christ in the New Testament, you see God the Father. You see the tender, compassionate ministry of God the Father in Christ. Fatherly feature number four, God is consistent. Now, as a father, if you are not consistent and dependable for your family, you have failed your family before you start. Because what a Christian mother needs is not to be reinventing you all the time so that there can be stability in the home. You must be the rock of stability for your home as a Christian father so that your wife, who is the mother of your children, can be freed to have the graces of God in the home without the stresses and the strains that come because you have abdicated your role as a Christian father. So what? Our God is consistent. Now look at this text in Malachi 3.6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Now, I remember my son, John Michael, he was misbehaving in a bike store years ago when he was just a toddler. No, Daddy, no. Now, that doesn't go too far with me. I said, what do you mean, no? No, Daddy, no. I said, well, John Michael, you're going to bed early tonight. Yeah, you know. You ever had your child do that? Oh, you never have. You've got to be ruthlessly honest today. And I put him to bed. He went to bed early that night. No sympathy. I wasn't mean to him. I just put him to bed early. I was consistent in my discipline. Loving discipline, not dictatorial discipline. You say, sure, Pastor Mike. Well, for the most part, okay. The next morning, he got up and he came to me and he wrapped his arms around me. And then hugged me deeply, sunk his head into my body. He says, Daddy, I love you. Now, why? Because consistency and boundaries create self-esteem and security for children when administered properly, and the result is love. Now, studies have indicated that if you have to choose between consistency and boundaries and love... Consistency and boundaries are more important for a child's self-esteem. Why? Because it's the language of a child. They understand it to be love. They need those boundaries and consistencies so that they can know they're secure. And that means love whether you are acting loving or not. Now, if you can be loving and do that, that's the ideal. But that's how important they are.
2: More with Pastor Michael Oxentenco in just a moment. Studying the Bible is vital to our lives. And we would like to help you in that process by providing you free Bible study guides. These full-color Bible study guides are available for you right now if you dial this telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We would love for you to call and get your copy of these free Bible study guides at any time. That's 888-244-4673. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentech.
1: No, I'm your mother. You are not to do that. I can remember people looking at why don't you reason with the child? Why don't you have an interaction like platonic? You know, Well, let's look at the reasons why obedience would be good, little John Michael. And you know what John Michael would do? He'd say, No. And so Diana would just say no and end it right there. And with those boundaries, our sons, over time, now when they came to adolescence, we had to switch gears a little bit. We had to engage dad a little more to help work them through it. But the point is, children need those boundaries. Fatherly feature number five, God knows how to adopt. God, as our Heavenly Father, knows how to adopt children who have no fathers. There are children in the church today who do not have a father figure here. And you may never have an earthly father figure, but guess what? God loves you. God can become for you the father you need, and he can lead mentors into your life who can fill that void and help you to make up for time lost. Now, I didn't have a father figure for a good hunk of my early childhood. And God led people into my life who have filled that void. So there is a price for mentors in the church who will become the spiritual fathers like Paul was of Timothy in the early apostolic church. But there are some children who will never have it on earth, so they must become, with God's grace, as their father, that which they can become, and God will lead people in their life. Galatians 4, verses 4-5. to But when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. We should not forget that every one of us here today, we have been adopted into the family of God. We were not born into the family of God. By grace, we are all adopted children. John 1, verse 12, "But to all who received him, who believed in His name, he gave the authority to become the children of God. You know, we're not children of God because we were born good, because our characters are perfect. In fact, last time I checked, I have a few rough spots. You ever hear somebody get up and they say, "You know, I've been a Christian for many years, and my character is growing, and I am getting close to translation, perfection. You ever hear that stuff? You ever hear it? And when you hear it, you're hearing the most braggadocious, proud kind of people you can imagine. You know what? When you're ready for translation, you'll be saying, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of Christ every day in my life. I'm nothing without the Lord. You'll have a low view of yourself instead of a high view of yourself. We need to see our Father God as who He is. Are we accepted at the end of the journey or the beginning of the journey as Christians? we're accepted because we're part of the family at the beginning of the journey when we express faith in Jesus Christ and it's not at the end of the journey we become children of God it's at the beginning of the journey when we're adopted into relationship a covenant relationship as covenant children it's hard for a child to die but it's even harder for a good father to watch that little one die Little Alexandra York had contracted polio before there was a vaccine. Her body was aflame with fever. The doctors had told her father that by morning he would not have a daughter. She would die that night. That night his wife saw her proud husband, his frame heaving with sobs for his beloved little girl. It was the first time she had ever seen him cry. The next morning everyone was shocked to discover that little Alexandra York had survived. She did not die. But the price for her life proved to be a costly one for her. She was changed. You see, her temperature had risen to over 108 degrees sustained. She couldn't raise her head or move her legs. She was paralyzed from the neck down. That temperature had wrecked her nervous system. The doctor told her father she would never walk again. You know, I don't know why doctors want to be shamans all the time, as if they have godlike power over patients. You will never walk again. But you know, sometimes it's better than saying nothing. But this doctor was a shaman. He said, you will never see her walk again. But that loving and strong father would not and could not accept such a prognosis for his little girl. He said to that doctor in defiance, my daughter will walk again. Day after day and month after month, Alexandra's father worked massaging his little girl's legs until the year came when she finally took her first step for him. It was like her becoming a baby all over again, having to learn to walk. To improve her dexterity, he labored hour after hour at the piano, loosening up her fingers so she could poke at the keys, so she could use them and play music one day, telling her that nothing was impossible for the two of them. With her father, she would conquer the world together, he and her. Dad is with you, he said. Hour after hour in front of that mirror, Mr. York helped his little girl, his covenant child, regain her facial control so he could eat and smile without embarrassment. Knowing his daughter needed water therapy, he built a cabin near the lake and took up sailing so he could teach her how to sail. He more than once overturned the boat and Alexandra York would laugh and smile and funny kinds of way it got more normal over time. Why? Because he was wanting her to use her lungs, to use her facial muscles naturally, for the impulse of joy to work its way through the neurons and to make that smile come alive. And so it was that slowly, with effort, with consistency, with commitment that only a father's love can give, and imperceptibly at first, that little twisted and paralyzed girl matured into a beautiful and healthy woman. And no one knew that she had come from paralysis to poise and elegance. Years later, Alexandra York, the successful woman who had built her life upon the virtue of a committed father, wrote this tribute to her father who had died. She said, My father gave me life twice. Friend, when Adam and Eve sinned, God was faced with the terrible prospect of what our rebellion meant to him as a father. What would he do with children who willingly leaped into the abyss of sin and certain death? The Bible is a record of a loving Father God reaching out for His children to pay the price for their sins, but more than this, to be with them consistently, to watch them and care for them and to bring them home to Him. Where was God, our Father God, on the cross of Calvary? The Bible says in Paul's writings that God was in Christ, suffering the anguish of our past failures, Dealing with our present challenges. Gripping our future in faith. And offering us the fullness of His new and fresh tomorrow. That's why Paul says if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. Our God is not a failed Father who is weak and uncaring. In Christ, friend, our Father God is strong, kind, decisive, altogether loving. And committed to His children, His covenant children. God in Christ has given us life twice. Friend, in Jesus, you have the opportunity to receive the blessing that only comes from a father God. And Christian fathers, you have the opportunity to arise, to be men of God in your generation, to share those qualities that you see in God and to help your children find their rightful place in eternity. I'd like to end by focusing on Scripture in Isaiah fifty nine twenty one. This is one of my favorite promises in the Bible that I have claimed throughout the years for my children. I want to read it to you. And as for me, this is God speaking, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit which is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth. What it means is I will change who you are as a father. My covenant will remain in you. It will not leave you. And what does that mean for the future? He goes on to say, or out of the mouth of your children, it immediately affects your kids. Or out of the mouth of your children's children, says the Lord, it affects the children of your children. He goes on to say, from this time forth, it starts now. It starts with the commitment to Christ that it happens right now. I am with you now. And if you hang on with me, I will be with your children and their children. Friend, this is the covenant that God has made with us, a covenant of grace. Not just for us Christian fathers, but for our children. Live for God and live for them, your covenant children. God bless you.
2: Thanks for listening today. You know, survival is really big business. People spend thousands of dollars on wilderness survival camps. They want to learn how to survive in light of unprecedented natural disasters, the potential for nuclear attack or civil unrest. Others are packing self-defense classes to learn how to survive if they're violently attacked by an assailant. But what about your spiritual survival? How can you survive when life kicks you in the stomach? How can you survive when life seems to be falling apart? Well, there are answers in a new book entitled The Ultimate Survivor. And that book is yours if you'll call right now, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can call that number right now or at any time to receive your free book entitled The Ultimate Survivor. Once again, that telephone number is 888-244-4673. 888-244-HOPE If you've been inspired by this message and want to partner with us to further spread these messages and keep us broadcasting on the air, then we welcome your partnership. And you can give a donation of any amount. We thank you for your support. If you're in the Washington D.C. area or passing through, we'd love to welcome you to our church family. Stop by Reaching Hearts International and join us for a worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock or Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. The address for the church is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. If you're wondering how to get a copy of today's broadcast, you can go to reachingyourheart.com and download a copy or listen right there in on-demand audio format. Again, the address for the website is reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll join us again next time for another Reaching Your Heart.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.